The Anchored City podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. Welcome to this Between the Seasons episode of the Anchored City Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. If you were watching TV in the 1950s and an episode of Superman came on, you would have heard the famous intro yelled by a crowd gazing heavenward. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. By the 1960s, this intro was being spoofed by the cartoon Underdog. That version, complete with a crowd looking into the sky, goes like this. Look, up in the sky, it's a plane, it's a bird, it's a frog. A frog? The crowd is answered by the hero of the show. Not a plane, nor bird, nor even frog, it's just little old me, underdog. In that same era, a different sort of looking into the sky, one that's become an annual Christmas tradition, started from a mistake. During the Christmas season of 1955, the local Sears and Roebuck department store ran an ad in the Colorado Springs newspaper. The ad read, Hey kitties, call me direct on my telephone. Just dial ME266681. And added, Call me direct on my private phone and I will talk to you personally, anytime, day or night. Or come in and visit me at Sears Toyland. The ad was signed by Santa Claus and featured a picture of the chubby plump right jolly old elf himself. The problem was that the phone number listed was not Santa's. In fact, it wasn't even the local Sears store. The number belonged to Colonel Harry Schaup. It wasn't Schaup's private home phone or even his desk line at work. It was a secret hotline he answered at the Continental Air Defense Command, now known as the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD. One of Schaup's children, years later, recalled her dad having two phones on his desk, a regular one and a red phone. Only two people had the number of the red phone, Schaup and a four-star general at the Pentagon. Following the ad running in the paper, the red phone rang. The voice on the other end was not the general, but rather a child's voice asking, Is this Santa Claus? Schaup's children remembered the call this way when talking to NPR in 2014. Dad realized it wasn't a joke, so he talked to him, ho-ho-hoed, and asked if he'd been a good boy, and, may I talk to your mother? And the mother got on and said, haven't you seen the paper yet? There's a phone number to call Santa. It's in the Sears ad. Dad looked it up, and there it was, his red phone number. They had children calling one after another, and soon he put a couple of airmen on the phones to act like Santa Claus. Soon the airmen were having a good time with the mishap. 
At one point, they added to their large glass airplane tracking board the image of Santa, his sleigh, and his reindeer near the North Pole. Seeing the image, the colonel did not react as harshly as the staff expected, but rather picked up the phone and called a local radio station. On air, he said, This is the commander of the Combat Alert Center. We have an unidentified flying object. Why, it looks like a sleigh. After that, local radio stations would call each hour asking for an update on Santa's position. And thus, NORAD's tracking of Santa's Christmas Eve flight began. This year, 66 years later, the tradition continues with a website, noradsanta.org, a phone app, social media, and yes, still a phone number, 1-877-HIGH-NORAD. So it wasn't just crowds of people scanning the sky for Superman or underdog in the 50s and 60s. They were also looking to the heavens to track Saint Nick. That I have yet to cross And I have dreamed of faraway places Where imagination just gets lost And I would search the wide world If you lived in Anchorage in the early 1960s, you may have looked into the sky to watch the annual live fire exercises done by the Nike missile sites. Designed to defend Alaska and the United States from Russian bombers, the unarmed Nike Hercules missiles launched in those tests were the first nuclear-capable anti-aircraft missiles in the U.S. arsenal. Capable of traveling at nearly 3,000 miles per hour, the test firings were quite a spectacle. Anchorage residents would take a break from work or school to watch the missiles streak across the sky. Crowds gathered to look up at the objects that were moving faster than a speeding bullet. One of the sites that launched those missile tests was the Nike Site Summit, which sits atop the 3,900-foot-tall Mount Gordon Lion at the edge of the Chugach State Park near Arctic Valley. Visible from Anchorage, it was built in 1957 and 58. The Nike Site Summit station was put online in 1959 and was in continual use, staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for 20 years. It was one of the three missile batteries in the Anchorage area. The other two were located in what is now Kincaid Park and at the end of Kinnick Goose Bay Road. The Nike Site Summit has an interesting connection to Christmas that has had people looking up for over 60 years. The official J-Bear website says that, in 1958, a 15-foot star was constructed on the Site Summit gatehouse as a holiday symbol and a reminder of the site's presence. However, the star was too small to be seen from Anchorage. By 1960, the star had been enlarged to 117 feet. Currently, the star is 300 feet wide and contains 350 bulbs. Anchorage.net says of the star, The star has been redesigned, relocated, and enlarged through the years. Once just a single point of light in the mountains, the outline of the star near Arctic Valley is now clearly visible in downtown Anchorage, almost 14 miles away. The five-pointed star is a beacon all winter long in Anchorage and one of the brightest of the many Anchorage winter traditions. This year, after a few repairs, the star was lit during Thanksgiving weekend. It will glow each night this winter until the last musher crosses the Iditarod finish line in March. It is also lit each year on 9-11. 
will return to looking up into the sky in just a moment, but I want to invite you to look forward with me. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that at the end of every interview, I ask our guests, what's a self-care, mindfulness, or spiritual practice that you do that keeps you centered in your work? The reason I ask that question is because this podcast believes that those seeking to make change in our city and our world need to do their inner work first to be effective and sustainable. The organization that brings you this podcast, the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative, supports leaders in their spiritual lives so that they can be more sustainable in their work. Beginning this January, the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative is offering a Spirituality for Sustainability cohort crafted to help you thrive in 2022. This cohort is designed to help participants grow a deeper understanding of spirituality that transcends vocation, cultivates a life-giving community of practice, and develops generative, sustainable spiritual practices for life and work. In short, the cohort helps participants develop spiritual practices to keep them centered in their work. We hope that you'll consider joining us for this cohort. If you sign up with a friend, you'll both receive 25% off. For more information, go to anchorageutc.org slash cohort22. I was looking through the Alaska Digital Archives a few months ago doing research for this podcast when I stumbled onto a photo that caught my eye. The photo, taken in 1960, features the inside of a commercial airliner, an F-27 owned by the Northern Consolidated Airline Company, to be exact. Pictured inside the main cabin were the crew, made up of a captain, co-pilot, and flight attendant, a herd of reindeer, and a couple of reindeer herders. I was immediately curious. Why was this airplane filled with reindeer? What on earth was going on here? It seems that 43 reindeer were purchased from the Bureau of Indian Affairs. The buyer was in California, and the reindeer, lacking Santa's magical powers, could not fly themselves, so they were loaded onto a plane and flown 500 miles from Nunavak Island to Anchorage. From there, they were loaded into a trailer and driven down the Alcan Highway. When they reached California, the Nunavik Island reindeer were rented to department store Santas throughout the holiday season. In addition to Santa's reindeer making their deliveries worldwide on Christmas Eve and the Nunavik Island reindeer on the way to California, another group of reindeer have taken flight for the holidays in Alaska. In 1958, we saw the successful execution of Operation Reindeer. That fall, the governor of the territory of Alaska, Mike Stepovich, offered a herd of reindeer to then-President Eisenhower in hopes that would help secure Oval Office support for Alaska statehood. Overseeing Operation Reindeer were two leading officials from the National Zoo, Associate Director J. Lear Grimmer and Senior Keeper Charles Thomas. The pair traveled to Kotzebue in November and managed to secure 14 reindeer. The reindeer were loaded on a plane for the 550-mile flight from Kotzebue to Anchorage. During the flight, one of the reindeer got spooked and managed to kick one of the plane's doors open. The two zoo officials struggled to keep the door closed and save Christmas. Once in Anchorage, the reindeer, also lacking the magic of Santa's team, embarked on a journey more reflective of the John Candy, Steve Martin film, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. 
In Anchorage, the reindeer were loaded on an Alaska railroad car and taken to the port of Seward. In Seward, they were transferred to an Alaska steamship company ship named the SS Iliamna. The ship sailed the reindeer to Seattle. In Seattle, like many traveling from Alaska, there was a layover. The final leg of the journey was done in a livestock truck, which drove the herd from Seattle to Washington, D.C. in air-conditioned style. The trip included a few stops to rest the reindeer, switch drivers, and show off the herd. David Reber describes the reindeer's role once in D.C. After a successful medical checkup, eight of the reindeer lived on the National Mall in the days leading up to the Parade of Peace. On December 23, they pulled Santa's sleigh in the parade through the city and to President's Park south of the White House. At 5 p.m., they watched as President Eisenhower lit the National Christmas tree. After that, the herd was reunited at the National Zoo. Raymer adds of the trip and the festivities in Washington, while no grandmas were run over, the reindeer made few friends along the way. In fact, the 14 reindeer were less like Rudolph and more like the reindeer who laughed at him and called him names. They nearly ripped the pants off the parade Santa. Grimmer was especially thrilled with Operation Reindeer's conclusion. Reindeer hate everybody and each other, said Grimmer. Given a chance, they'll impale you with their antlers like a martini olive on a toothpick. While each Christmas, NORAD tracks Santa and his reindeer as they fly around the world, and, spoiler alert, those reindeer are made up and so is Santa, but in 1958 and 1960, there were reindeer flying over Alaska for the purposes of Christmas. And with all those lessons learned, with the crazy long life that I lived already, and the scars I earned, I still can't seem to find. But loving you just once was worth it. Looking up into the sky was part of the original Christmas as well. Linus of the Peanuts Gang told the story in the classic 1965 TV special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. In that story, Charlie Brown has seemingly destroyed Christmas by picking a tiny, scrawny little tree. In his frustration, he muses, I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about, and then cries out, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Answering the question, Linus moves to center stage and begins to tell a story. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Linus ends by saying, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So look up into the sky. It's a star on high terrain. And there are some reindeer in a plane. A heavenly host of angels is singing, Peace, goodwill towards men. 
So look up into the sky. It's Christmas time again. I'm Joel Kiekenfeld wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Anchored City Podcast. Until next time, be good out there. The Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission and a partnership with Street Psalms, both of which contribute to making this podcast possible. And we are grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your friends. You can support this podcast by selecting the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative at smile.amazon.com when you shop at Amazon so that when you make a purchase, Amazon donates to us. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchored City Podcast is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, hearts, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean a desire to see a world where all things are the way they're supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org or on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme music is by Anchorage's own Monica Lettner.